0: We thank you for meeting us here. We ask everything we do will glorify your name. Good morning. Great music. I've been, uh, when I remember, to uh, read from the Psalms for the conflict that's going on with Israel and Hamas and a few more wars just going around going alone in the world. So I'm going to read this poem this morning, Christmas Bells. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar, familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, The cannons thundered in the south, and with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent, the heartstones of a continent, and made forlorn the household born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the sound, the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then peel the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to to men. I know it's hard when we're going through so many things, but God is still on the throne, and that's why we come to glorify his name. Me especially, because this time last Christmas Eve, I was in the hospital, Aneurysms, 21 days in intensive care, and the church stood strong at C.R., all the pastors, Jonathan, Pastor Brian, all the elders, all the people who are a part of this church, picked up and continued on, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all your prayers. I'm here another year. That's why I love Jesus so much. If He would have took me home, I would have been with Him, never to have wanted to return. But since I'm still here. I'm still in the vineyard along with you guys. And we want to bless our Savior. So, good morning. I hope you guys are excited about Christmas. I know I am. I may have told you the story before when I was, a prob- I was probably around 11 years old, and we would ride by as we were feeding the hogs, and we would go to right in Gwinnett County. So, we would go to each school. And get the leftover foods. And we would ride by Sosby's auto supply every day. And I had told my mom and dad, gosh, I would love to have that red go-kart. One-seater, you have to understand. Everybody had a two-seat. But this was a one-seat go-kart. Pretty red, had the just hubcaps, everything. I said, Daddy, I really want that go-kart. And he said, boy, you might as well forget about that. You're not getting the go-kart for Christmas. So as we would pass by every day, five days a week, Saturday and Sunday, we didn't have to uh, go collect the food for the hogs. As Christmas, probably around Thanksgiving, we rode by, and I didn't see that go-kart. And the first thing I said, shoot, somebody got it. I didn't get it. And they were good at keeping secrets, not like me. But Christmas Day, I remember going into that, living room, I I really didn't think I'd have it. My brothers had their gifts. My sisters had their gifts. And under that, to me, big Christmas tree was that red go-kart. In a 1,000 years, I didn't think I was going to get that. My mom and dad, I know, did without for me to get the go-kart. I was so nervous when we took it outside. I didn't even ride it first. My brother rode it first. I said, you can ride it, Doug. But when I got on it, it was like the e-bike. It was hard getting me off of it. I rode it and I continued to ride it. And that's why Christmas, it means so much because Christmas is about sacrificing. That's what my parents did for me all their lives. But I want to talk about this unfathomable gift that God has gifted every human being with. And if you don't know how unfathomable it is, you won't tell other people about it. You won't be enthused about the gift. And by the way, the name of this message is don't poo-poo the gift. Uh, Don't poo-poo the gift. You don't want to do that. You'll end up in the wrong place if you do. So it's the value of this gift that God sent to men. And, you know, being human beings, we're innately, and here's my little, I didn't have time to work on it the way I wanted to, but these gifts, we're attracted to shiny, big objects. You think something is really good in them. But here's this little burlap box that I worked on pretty hard. It might not look like, but uh, <laughs> I worked on that pretty hard until my wife took over and she finished it up for me. i telling on myself. <laughs> but I want you to imagine, because we're attracted. I always told one of the kids to come up here, but they would have knocked me out of the box. They would have came up here. I said, pick any gift you want. Pick any gift. I would swear the kids would probably pick one of these. But knowing our kids, they might have messed me up and and grabbed this one, so I'm not going to do it. But once again, we're attracted to shiny, pretty things. We're innately built like that, I think. But we have to know the great value of the gift that God sent us. Not only are we in need of this great gift, we are terribly in need of it. We might function on this planet without it, but our life won't be fulfilled the way it can be without having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You're really, without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're you're really just meandering through life, running from one object of a gift to another until that gift does not satisfy any longer, and you move on to something else. That's what happens to everyone who does not receive the gift of Jesus Christ. Genesis, when we'll start from the beginning. Genesis 1, verse 31 says this, when God created the heavens and the earth, it says, then God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good because that's the kind of God we serve. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. He puts mankind in Eden and sets a buffet in front of him and tells tells him, you can eat everything you want except for this one tree, except for this one dish. And knowing God, the tree probably was a, because he's testing, he's tempting. The tree is probably a, a carrot cake tree. I wouldn't have lasted 30 seconds. Y'all better be glad I'm not Adam. But he puts it there because God wants to, he had told mankind, Adam and Eve, for in the day you eat, you shall surely die. Remember, we've went over this many of times. Dying, you shall surely die. That spirit man of yours, the light will go out. You will never have another intimate conversation with Yahweh. You can still communicate, soulish man, but everything he sees and when God tells him something, he will doubt it or I don't know if this is true or not because he's not seeing clearly because you don't communicate with God through the soul. It's through the spirit. And there can be no real love without a choice. So God gives man a choice. Chapter 2, he zooms in. If you've ever read the book of Genesis, and I know you're a good student, you have. It's a snapshot of chapter 1. He tells you what exactly happened. And in chapter 2, he, he de- details things a little more, and you begin to see it clearly. Well, he says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. He forms the beasts of the fields. He he forms Asah, A-S-A-H. He forms these, the birds of the air, and he brings them to Adam to see what he would name them. I believe God did this to wake Adam up to the fact that everyone else has a mate except you, Adam. He says, but for Adam, he could not find a helper comparable to him. Genesis chapter two, he says, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, I can't whistle that well, but I'm going to (laughs) try. That's the first thing he said. He says, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So all is well in the human race. And then here comes the serpent, cunning, deceptive, beautiful, sly creature. And he must have waited till Eve was by herself. I'm reminded... When, when Satan came to Jesus on the Mount of Temptation, he said he came to him at an opportune time. And that's when Satan comes to Eve. No one had ever questioned, we have to understand God before. And this is what they do. We know the account. She gobbles it up. Hook, line, and sinker, she believes a lie. And we know the sin was accredited to Adam because in 1 Timothy 2:14 it tells us and Adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived fell into transgression however God his plan before the foundation of the world was not messed up he knew all of this was going to happen before he said let there be light he had this gift in mind And I'm sure around this time when Adam and Eve blew it, he probably told one of his boys, hey, start preparing those swaddling clothes. We're going to need it. But before that even happened, we have to go back to the old covenant, back to the gift. And that brings us to my so-called tabernacle. Now, if I would have been thinking a little more clearly in the front of this tabernacle, I should have left it open because inside of it is pretty gold paper. It has lights on the inside, and I'll open it up at the end because the tabernacle is a picture of Jesus Christ. Exodus twenty-six fourteen tells us, "You shall also make a covering of ram skins dyed red for the tent, and a covering of badger skins above that." The exterior of the tabernacle. It wasn't a pretty sight. It wasn't very attractive at all. Isaiah tells us, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, imagine us, when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Speaking of Jesus Christ, he is despised and rejected by men. Never did anything to harm anyone. Verse 3 tells us, and we hid. That's an amazing line right there. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Desperately in need for this gift. And we hid our faces from him. Jeremiah says the same thing, sort of. He says in chapter 2, verse 13, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters and hone themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Voltaire said it this way, man has a God-shaped vacuum inside of him. Nothing on earth will ever fill that hole, satisfy you, until you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You can, run, you can have all the airplanes, you can have all the cars, you can have all the houses, you can have all those things. You'll go to bed at night and says this still doesn't satisfy. Ask Solomon. It's in the Bible. I have a question for you. Have you been drinking from stagnated water, unclean water this past year, or maybe all of your life? I'm here to tell you this morning, you need to drink from Jesus Christ, living water. Everything else is contaminated. Everything else is unclean and defiled. And it will have a negative effect on you physically. But more importantly, it will have a negative effect on you spiritually. The Godhead, knowing all of this, had a lamb prepared before the foundation of the world. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5 says it this way. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. You know, in my mind's eye, I can see a meeting that took place in heaven before Jesus was born, and they're discussing where should we put this little babe And I believe one of the angels said, hey, we can put him at John Mark's house. His parents are rich. That'd be a good place to put him. And then someone, an angel would say, hey, no, put him at Zebedee's home. He's a rich guy. He'll, He'll be comfortable there. And then I can picture Michael because he's the tough guy. The archangel said, hey, just let's put him in Herod's place. I'll go kick him out and put the little babe there. And the Godhead being generous and kind and loving said, hey, good, good ideas, but we've, we've got it. We can handle this. We're going to put him out in a little cave, in a manger, and put him there because he's going to be a humble person. This is what Matthew tells us. Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, meaning God is the baby's dad. Then Joseph, her husband, notice how the Holy Spirit does that. Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought, about these things behold an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of david do not be afraid to take you marry your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit just what the dream had said and she will bring forth the son and you shall name, call his name jesus for he will save his people from their sins so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, and as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, good good way to be obedient, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, He called his name Jesus. Now, Dr. Luke, in his account, tells us Zechariah, he was chosen by lots. We have to understand, to be chosen, to go in and officiate in the temple, like I said, that was like winning the lottery. Have you ever won the lottery before? I'm talking about millions of dollars, billions of dollars. I didn't think so. Well, this is how Zechariah felt. He would go in and and make sure the lampstands were burning and change the incense and do all that thing. And then he would see that curtain that he dare not go inside. He knew what kind of blessing he had been called to. Luke puts it this way. Luke chapter one, verse six. And they were both righteous before God. You would think everything goes pretty well or or we kind of have a, idea that when you're walking with the Lord, everything just flows properly. But Scripture tells it doesn't work like that. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless, but they had no child. Hmm. God's timing is perfect. His timing is perfect. Because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well-advanced in years. Remember I told you this before? Well-stricken is the King James. Tradition says at 65 years of age, that's old age. I've got a, three more years, two more years. I'm not old yet. Don't, don't, I'm not old yet. <laughs> that's what the Word of God says. At 70, you enter into the hoary head. When you're past 80, and Lord, I hope I get to see that one of these days, the Bible calls you well-stricken in age. Verse 8, so it was, that's Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. If you catch it, go back and read it, because Zechariah, he says his wife Is well stricken. He just called himself old if I read it right. But then the Holy Spirit, a few verses down the line, says, No, you're both well stricken in age. (laughs) Guys. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense. 20 to 22,000 priests, Zechariah was chosen. When he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. Of course, that's John the Baptist. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great. Of those born of women, it comes from God himself. There was no man greater, no person greater than John the Baptist. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient, there it is, to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel how shall I know this? How many of us would have said the same thing? How many of us would have looked at the circumstances that you're in and says, how can this be? And then he gives a reason why it can't happen. For I am old and my wife is advanced in years. There it is. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But I put myself in this group. If it still worked like that, we would probably come to church at least every other Sunday and no one would be speaking to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no one would be speaking to anyone. But when he came out and marveled, oh, here we go, in their own time, and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now, after those days, His wife, Elizabeth, conceived, and she hid herself five months. Boy, that could be a sermon right there. I wonder why she hid herself. Saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Dr. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38 puts it this way. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin. Nazareth, garbage dump, podunk place. You could could really say it was just a ghetto-ish place. And that's where Mary is at. It doesn't matter the circumstance you might be born into. It, It doesn't matter the circumstance where you might live at. God has called us to live holy life if we're born again. That means you can. To a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Both Mary and Joseph was from the royal line, but they were still obscure. The Holy Spirit tells us the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Allow me to mention something just once about yesterday, as we were, as the people were coming, getting their food, we were taking them back to the car. And Nick and uh, Nick was with me, Pat was with me. I had the bulk of the groceries. I don't know what those two were doing, but I was carrying more than any of them. But I think it was Nick asked, can I, can I pray for you for anything? young woman. I know her name. I'm not going to mention her name. Middle-aged woman. And she says, uh, I'm divorced. My kids, and I don't have my kids. So that one and one makes two. So I kind of added that up quickly. And then Nick began to pray. And then after he prayed, I just said a quick prayer that, Lord, show this lady that you have not forgotten about her because she was downcast. She, she, she was just hum glum. I'm here. It doesn't matter where we are, location, where, where, what we're doing in life. We might be on a down spot. Jesus, that's why Jesus came. He's the loophole. He's he's come to bring joy. He's, He's come to bring help, not only physically, but spiritually, the main thing. And so I pray, Lord, let this lady understand that you haven't forgotten about her, that you know exactly where she is, that you love her, that you care for her more than anyone, and you want to enter into her life. That was it. She got in her car, went home, but... She's been on my heart. And it's kind of the way Mary is. And this angel is coming and saying, you're blessed. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That's everybody that's born again. Ephesians tells us God favors us. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? We've got a problem here. Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered And said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, here's your little faith, here's your little proof, also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Put that in your pipe. You don't smoke pipes and smoke on it. Don't forget that. Then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56, they've gone a little bit on it. It says this, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things. You don't have to take it mad if you don't want to. Which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said... My soul, she begins to praise, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who, there it is, fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from the thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Mary was full of joy, and then she hears the, another shoe drop. Now we've got to travel 90 miles On a donkey and I'm pregnant just to pay taxes. Oh, I love this. Thank you, Lord. That all the world should be registered. This census first took place with Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Can you imagine riding a donkey, pregnant, almost ready to have a baby? I'll just let it go at that, Lydia. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, there they are, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. The million dollar question is, do you have room for Jesus Christ in your heart? I've said all that. The Holy Spirit said all that to get to that question. Do you have room for Jesus Christ in your heart? And then he goes a little, really, he goes a little bit deeper. Deeper, he says, can you make him number one in your heart? Because that's where he has to reside. That's that's, that's his post. That's his station. He has to be number one. We come to this lady from the city of Sychar who had heard this story, I believe all this account, all of her life, but she didn't have Jesus in her heart. The Assyrians had gone and taken the northern tribes to Assyria. What kind of God would do that, even though they were disobedient? Judah would soon be taken away by the Babylonians. And she's gonna, they're going to ask her, do you believe in God? Well, this is how John puts it in his gospel. Jesus, speaking of Jesus, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. The King James says he must needs go through Samaria. He has to go that way. Because this woman needed him. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, notice what it says, being wearied. He knows our weaknesses. He got tired too, but he was still serving. Being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. The way it goes, they say the righteous women, they would go and get their water from the well in the mornings. It was only the scandalous women that would go in the evening, in the afternoon, sun's up and hot. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food because his disciples would have messed this all up right here. This took kindness. This took gentleness. This look beyond what you see and go to the need. Oh, they would have messed this up big time, James and John. They'd have been ready to send down fire. So Jesus said, y'all just go away. You haven't got there yet. I'll tell you about this. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? You've got a problem, Jesus. We don't supposed to relate to one another. For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I would have lost it right then. I'm going to just tell you, I would have lost it right then. Pray for me. Jesus says, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. You see, my gift, the gift that you really need doesn't come wrapped like this. The gift that you need comes wrapped like this. And that's what makes it so hard because you have to step through the flesh of the object and see this man cares for me in my lowly state. He cared for Mary in her lowly state. The Bible says he comes near to the broken so you have to look past all of that stuff. And Jesus says, you need to look at the heart because that's what matters. If I didn't, I don't like vacuuming. I don't like sweeping. But if I'd have had a little more time, I told somebody this, I would have filled both these boxes up with dirt and opened them up and poured them out because they look so pretty. But it's not about the outside facade. It's about what we need. It's not about the five-figure, the six-figure income you might have and how you're so blessed with this and that. Do you know him? Are you blessed with Jesus Christ? Because that's where the rubber hits the road. You can be blessed all your life not knowing Christ. Now, if you know him, you're still blessed. That's good and well. But if you don't know him, that's why I could pour the opening these presents out and pour and nothing but dirt will come out because that's your life, really. That's your life. So we have to look past the present into the future where your final state is going to be. That's what God does. That's what he, that's what he does, why he came down here. He tells her, if you knew the gift of God, do you know him this morning? Is he your personal Lord and Savior? Or do you just call him or talk to him every once in a while when a big problem comes or something like that? A great problem is coming, and it's called death. And it's no getting around it unless you know him, then you might get raptured up. But that's, that's a great problem. And this world and the God of this world will try to razzle you and dazzle you and give you gifts to keep your eyes off that great problem we've got. That's why the glyph, gifts and the glitter and all that stuff comes around to keep you distracted while you're on a journey. To death, We're not going to bypass that unless you know him and you get caught up in the rapture. This lady wasn't in that shape. Jesus tells her, the gift of God and who it is. If you wouldn't know the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus says, all you have to do is ask. And I'll make you forget about all these so-called gifts. I will give you living water. Living water that that, uh, strengthens you now while you're in 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 a tough spot in this world. Things might not be going right in this world, but he still gives you that living water to walk uprightly. And when he calls you home, You don't have to worry about anything. Lord, I'm waiting on you. That's what the living water is for. I'm about to close. Remember the title of this message. Don't poo-poo on the gift. Jesus Christ gave his life for us, you guys. And make sure... You know him. Make sure you've been born again. And it's not head knowledge once again, it's heart knowledge. If you know him, you've, you've got the greatest gift ever. You can experience Christmas and all those things and enjoy It's one day closer to paradise. I don't like being afraid. It's the darnest thing. I'm telling on myself this morning, you let me tell on myself. I don't like being afraid. But I love to watch scary movies. I, I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> but when he calls me home, don't we all want to be ready? I was talking to my brother. He says, It's nice to lay your head on that pillow and say, Well, Lord, if you come get me tonight, I'm fine with it. That's a great feeling. Of all the gifts you've ever had, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the greatest one. Never let that gift sully because you're going through a hard time in this life. He's there for our hard time. I'm going to close with this verse, John 3. We all know this, 16 through 19, but I want to show you something. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a perishing of well-being. It's not a perishing of being. When you die, you're you're still gonna live somewhere. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already as plain. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The greatest gift, I want you to be selfish about this gift. Have you ever been shopping and you see a gift? Oh, boy, he would like this or she would like this, but I like it. And you end up with it. That's happened to me several times. That's why y'all probably hadn't got great gifts uh, from me (laughs) because it happens to me all the time. But this is a great gift. Jesus Christ is a great gift. But he's so good, you can give it to yourself, and then you can go out and tell a lost and dying world about him. That's what Jesus wants us to do. That's the glory of multiplication. You can, it keeps giving. Do that this Christmas season, but never let Jesus become sullied or dull in your life, read his word, be in prayer, be in fellowship with believers, and just sit back and think about what he has saved you from. An eternity in hell, if you don't know him, I'll say it. An eternity in hell, if you do not give Jesus Christ your life. There, I said it. Stone me. I'm put, it's put. That's it. That's it. There's your choices. You don't get another choice. It's heaven or hell. It's Jesus Christ or the false gods of this world, of this cosmos. That's what it boils down to. When I was in, and I'll go to my seat with this, when I was in ICU for those 21 days, I told Lydia, it was almost like I couldn't figure out where I was at too clearly at the beginning. And it was like Satan was saying, hey, your time is up. Your time is up. And I said, well, I know where I'm going. And he couldn't touch that, but he was just on me, I believe. Your time is up. And then it was one day, it never happened again. It was like I was in a big bubble. And everybody was out living their lives, and and they were talking. And I couldn't get out. I said, man, I want to talk to you. I can't get out. And I prayed. I finally prayed. I was acting like a tough guy for a little while. But I finally prayed, Lord, just take this away from me. And that quick, I was outside communicating. And to me, it was the people of the world again. And I'll never forget, it was like I was holding Jesus' hand. And he says, I got you no matter what, I've got you. That's the kind of peace you can have when you know him as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the kind of peace I want every child of God to have. That's why we might go through hard times in this life. That's okay. I tell you all the time, we're headed home. And as long as you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this world can't touch you guys. I want you to have a great Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. The worship team can come up, but never forget the gift. It's Jesus Christ, and whatever you do, can I say it one more time? Please don't poo-poo on it. Come on up. Let's close. How many songs are we doing? Two songs? Okay. Two songs, then I'll close. Stand up.